this is my my third time, you know, being able to get up here and to share, and um, it's it's a it's a great privilege, but it doesn't get any easier. It uh, it's an overwhelming thing to be able to to get up here and and to present God's word, and uh, hopefully hopefully do it accurately, and and as well as be able to teach it, uh, uh, you know, make it uh, application to us so it'll be relevant. Um, and and it's cool to to get to study for this. Um, um, you know, for the last couple of days, I've been working on this and, and um, um, putting quite a bit of time in actually on it. And during that time, um, the whole time, I, I just can't believe that um, how overwhelming it is to, to, to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, to, to feel God's touch and his power and his strength. And, and um, so it's really cool to get to prepare what it does to my heart. And I get to see God move and work in my heart and in my life. And, and uh and, and several times over the last couple of days, I've been basically brought to tears. And it's like, it's hard to even explain that. I'm not sad and I'm not over-related or anything. I'm just studying and trying to, trying to get this message prepared. But yet, I know that it's, the, it's just the overwhelmingness of the Holy Spirit and, and Him in me and, and me emptying myself. And the reason why I'm willing to empty myself at this time is because I know I'm inadequate. I know I'm not a, a good teacher. I know this isn't um, necessarily what I'm gifted in. So I, I know that I really, really need to depend upon the Lord. And so when I really, you, you know, call on his name, I know I've had several people praying for me, a lot of people praying that, um, for me for this particular moment, for this day, and, and for this message. And so I've just been completely overwhelmed with, with the Holy Spirit. All I want to think about and all I want to do is, is, is just just read this. I, 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 I took time on, on Friday night and, and, and was watching a, a football game, and I went and grabbed my Bible, and still I had a time focusing on the, on the game, and actually, you know, I was focusing on the, on the Word, and usually it's not like that. I have a hard time, I have a hard time focusing on God, and I have a easier, much easier time focusing on the things of this world, but, but I knew that I had a message to prepare, and, and I knew that I needed to, to work on it and to trust in Him, and He gave me the heart. And what this tells me is, is that, you know, my heart can always be like this. It can always be flooded with the Holy Spirit, and that it should be. And, um, and that we're not, we're not capable of anything in and of ourselves. Sure, we get confident in the things that we do. You know, people out here have various trades, and, and I'm sure you're very skilled and capable. And, and I know that, that when I'm building something, if I'm framing, I don't, I don't just go to the Lord that morning and say, Lord, just guide me in everything that I do with this hammer or with this nail gun or whatever. I just, I feel so capable and adequate in and of myself, and that's not where God wants us. God wants us to, to, to only be adequate in Him, to trust in Him and in, in His provisions for our lives and, and what He can do in us. And, and too many times we have it the other way around. So um, what a great privilege it is to get to prepare because of what it does for me, what it does to my heart, and I'm just thankful for it. And um, anyway, it just kind of leads into the message today's, message is about trust and trusting in him and and um anyway uh we can't escape the headlines today of what's going on with the economy and the in the stock market the housing industry and and just everything that's going on on financially um people are are losing their their homes at, getting foreclosed at a record pace uh people are, are losing their jobs daily and 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 basically we're in a national and and even a global financial crisis and unfortunately this is where a lot of people put their hope this is where a lot of people put their trust in their money, in their possessions, in their homes, in their, in their cars, whatever, just things of the earth. <clears throat> in Luke, we're going to take a look and see what God has to say about those things, where we're to put our hope and where we're to put our faith. 
just what is it that God would have us to be concerned about? <clears throat> Our text is in uh, Luke twelve twenty two through 34. And while you're turning, I'm just going to uh, go ahead and open us in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this, uh, this great privilege uh, that, that I have just to, to be able to teach today, Lord. But help me to remember that I have this privilege every day. Help us all to remember that, Lord, that we have a great privilege to, to be overwhelmed with your presence, to, to be overwhelmed with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and that we should be. Help us not to, to trust in our own abilities and in our own strength. Father, I trust that today you're going to teach us, that you're going to talk to us. I know that I'm going to stutter and stammer, and, and, and um, I'm going to have a difficult time with this. Um, but, 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 Lord, I trust you. I know you, and I know that you're able and you're capable. Thank you that, that we don't have to depend upon me. Thank you that this is your word, Lord, and that we can trust in you. Please touch our hearts this morning with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, before we get into our text, we'll see over here in, in verses uh, 13 through 21 that... Um, we have the parable of the rich fool, and um, God talks to uh, Jesus talks to to the the, the people there. Um, he's on his way to Jerusalem, and he's stopping and teaching people along the way, and has the disciples with him. And um, he he talks about uh, the rich man, the parable of the rich man, and, and covetousness about uh, wanting, needing, you know, feeling like you need, worrying about placing your trust in the wrong things. And, and in our text, we're going to see that uh, it's not necessarily geared towards the rich man, but one that, that doesn't have much, but it's the same principles that apply worrying. Uh, let's read it together. <clears throat> then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and your body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. <clears throat> well, we're going to look at uh, the, the three points of this text. And in verse 22, we see that uh, the first point is we're not to worry. And then uh, in verses 23 through 30, we're going to take a look and see why it is we don't worry. Why not worry? And then in verses 31 through 34, we're going to see that, that uh, Jesus tells his disciples, he tells us what to do instead of worrying. <clears throat> in verse 22... Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Jesus commands his disciples not to worry. This isn't a suggestion. It's a commandment. Do not worry. And he's saying, he's not saying about, you know, petty things. He's saying, do not worry about food and clothing, two very essential things in life. <clears throat> well, let's go over what, what, what Jesus is not saying in this verse here. Jesus is not saying 
to be lazy. He's not saying to work. He's, he's not telling us these things because the, the Bible doesn't condone that. Uh, God doesn't condone laziness and, and nor just uh, uh, sitting idle and, and, and praying and, 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 and challenging God to do things for us. That's not what it's about. Jesus knows that we need to eat to survive. He also knows that we need clothes to survive. So what is it that he's saying to his disciples here? He is saying, do not worry. In other words, do not be overly concerned. Do not dwell or focus on these things. Because we're, because we're the disciples have a major concern in our life, just like us, where any of us have a major concern in our life, wherever we place uh, an emphasis, whatever our focus goes on, that's where our heart goes as well. And, and God does not want to share our focus, nor does he want to share our heart. <clears throat> because of the importance of food and clothing for survival, we can pretty much assume that we could put anything else in here. Because the most important thing to us is our life, and these are the things that keep us alive, so we could enter in anything in here, and it would still mean the same. We could put in here anything about our homes or our, our cars or our finances, and it would, God would still be telling us, do not worry, do not be overly concerned. So here we have a situation that may, we may be able to, to change if we were to put a, an improper measure, an improper uh, amount of, of, if we shift our energy, our priorities, we may be able to, to change how much we have. We may be able to work so much that we have a little bit more or that we think we do. And, and um, so we can, so, so what this worry does to us is it, is it, it takes away from our focus. It takes away from, from where our heart should be, and, and that is on God. And so we're constantly worried with doing things and, 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 and worrying about our positions and, and, uh, and storing things up, these things that we might actually, with, with, like I said, with giving an undue amount of, of um, importance on, we may be able to change those things. But God tells us not to. <clears throat> and in the process of doing that, we are putting way too much emphasis on ourselves, on our needs. And in the meantime, we are spent investing less and less time for eternity and for the things that really matter. And in doing this, we are showing God that we have a confidence in our own abilities. We are showing Him that we don't have a confidence in Him and that we don't really trust Him. Our Christian lives should not be calculated every step of the way. Calculated makes complete sense. Calculated is how the world operates. It's how the stock market operates. It's how our credit scores operate. You know the credit score situation. They, they look at, 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 at how much money you have, are you able to make this loan? And then they say, well, you haven't made it, you know, you haven't been very, doing a very good job at it, so we're going to knock it down. It's all a calculated measure as to will we give you this money or how this works. That's how the whole world operates. It's all on calculation. In the world, one plus two always makes three. But we've got to remember that sometimes with God, one plus two can equal a hundred. This is called confidence in God. It's called trusting in God. And when we put our trust in God, not everything is always going to make sense. So-called, so-called earthly wisdom can be thrown out the door sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that we should be stupid and that we should uh, do things that, that completely don't make sense and we know that they're not going to make sense and challenge God. I'm just saying that we need to put our trust and our faith and our hope in God and in His promises. And it's when we do this, it's when we put our trust and our hope and our faith in God in these times where it doesn't quite make sense that we really get to see God work in our lives and other people get to see it as well. So where's your confidence? Is it in the world or the one who created it? Verse 23 says, Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Sorry, verse 24. Yeah, verse 23. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? So the first reason 
we're not to worry is because life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. We are not created by God simply to eat and to drink and to, and to be clothed. That's, that's not what, what we're created for. We were created in his likeness. We were created for his good pleasure. And when we, when we become children of his, we have a much higher calling than just to eat and to take care of ourselves. We are called to serve and to follow him. We are called to become ambassadors for Christ. The ravens were created to fly around and to be scavengers of the earth. And the earth, to be scavengers of the earth, and the earth someday, as we know, is going to be completely destroyed. We were created to live with him in a kingdom that will remain for eternity. And since God takes good care of the things that he created on this earth, we can be assured that God will take great care of us, whom he cared for and whom he made eternity for. In Philippians 4.19, Paul reminds us, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So to sum up, the, the first reason why we're not to worry here is, is because, uh, because he will take care of us. He is sufficient. We, he is all we need. He will completely take care of our needs. Verse 25, And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Now a cubit is a measure of, of distance. Um, I'm not sure here if it's a, a measure of one's life or of one's height, but, but as we know, it doesn't matter. Either one is completely impossible for us to have any control over. And this is, where, this is where some of us may be right now, worrying about the things in life that we cannot, absolutely cannot change. The first worry that we were looking about here was something that maybe we can change if we, put, if, if we lose our focus on God and put way too much importance on and really strive for. Um, maybe we can make a difference. But this here is something that we absolutely have no choice, no chance, rather, in making a difference. And so it seems completely silly, doesn't it, to, to, to worry about things that we have absolutely no control over, and yet we do it frequently. Why worry about the nation's economy why be anxious for it? Why, why be anxious about that when we have no control or we have nothing to, there's nothing that we can do? Sure, we can go and vote and hope that the right person, you know, gets voted in. But uh, even then, I mean, are they really going to be able to do much about it? We don't know. We don't know. And certainly, we can, we can pray for these situations, but, but to have undue concern for them just seems silly. <clears throat> How many of us can change our financial situations by worrying about them? How many of us can change our health by worrying well, guess what? The, the survey actually says that we can change our health by worrying. Studies show that worry leads to stress, and stress leads to heart problems. <clears throat> and heart disease is a leading killer in the United States today. And isn't it interesting that heart disease is almost non-existent, out, non-existent outside the United States? Now, now, how we eat obviously has a big deal to, to do with, with heart problems and, and, and um you know, the, why it is that, that we are, are, are dying at such a phenomenal pace by heart disease. But, but also, I believe, and so do the researchers, that, that undue stress as Americans that we, that we place upon ourselves also leads to this and also has a cause in this. We are a prideful nation that, that places an emphasis on striving and achieving our dreams rather than placing our hope and trust in God. Verse 26, If you then are not able to do the least... Why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? <clears throat> Here again in verse 26, he is saying, reiterating the fact that we are not able. He's telling this to the disciples, so they are not able. And if, we, if the disciples are not able, I'm certain that we are not able. 
So again, why be anxious in something that, that we are not even able to change? We need to put our trust and our hope in the one who is able, and that is Jesus Christ. And down here in verse 28, we are again reminded that God's take, God takes care of every detail of his creation, even the grasses that wither. We are reminded page after page in the Bible what God has done for us and how much he loves us, and he will never turn his back on us. And yet time and again, we rely upon our own strength and our own understanding. And this leads to a familiar position of worry and anxiety, a position that is completely lacking in trusting in God. <clears throat> grab a drink here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We are told to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. <clears throat> Verse 29 says, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. Once again, we're reminded that God knows our needs. He knows our needs even before we know our needs. There's nothing that gets to us or gets, by, gets to us without, without God's hand. There's nothing that he just failed to see that comes upon our life. And we have to trust that and believe that. He knows our needs. He knows all of our needs. He knows our needs way before we were even created. He knows what we need. Everything is filtered through his hand. <clears throat> And so this leads us to our, our third point here. Okay, so, so we see that we're not to, to worry, and we see why not to worry. So in, instead of worrying, what is it that we should do then? And verse 31 says, But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto us. All of our daily needs, anything that we need, we have to trust in Him that He knows our needs. So we're to have our minds focused on his kingdom and not on the earth. When, we fo- when our focus is on the earth, we get confused as to what our needs really are. I'm going to say that again. When, we focus, when our focus is on this earth, we get confused as to what our needs really are. We think our most important needs are food and water and clothing. And for this life, that, that would be true. But as we said earlier, we're not created for this life. We're created for him and for eternity. And then we seek after these things, food and clothes and water, the things of the earth, when we think that they're the most important things that we need. We put a major emphasis on these things, and it becomes our pursuit. It becomes our focus. And so here God is telling us not to focus on these things, not to pursue these things, but to pursue his kingdom. And why we do it is because all these things will be given unto us. So this is how you lose your worry. You put your trust in God. You seek God, and you let him take care of you. Verse 32 says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you your kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The little flock, obviously, is the disciples. This is God's ultimate will for our lives. There's a lot of stuff that goes on here in this world and a lot of things we're always wanting to know His will. But His ultimate will is that we would share with Him His kingdom. <clears throat> he tells us it is His good pleasure to give us His kingdom. You know, we get all stoked about going on vacations and and in different parts of the world to see the, the wonderful creations of man, the, the Statue of Liberty, the Eiffel Tower, the Space Needle, Yankee Stadium, the White House, Empire State Building, Trump Towers, the Egyptian Pyramid, Stonehenge. I mean, we could go on and on about all the different wonderful creations that, that, that man has made out of God's creation. <clears throat> Mankind has truly developed some incredible pieces of architecture throughout the world. But all of these will pale in comparison to what God has prepared for us in his kingdom. God is the ultimate architect. He is the ultimate creator. 
And unlike all these aforementioned places, his kingdom is free to us because what Jesus has done for us. It is his good pleasure for us to enter in. Verse 33 says, Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroy. Now, I'm not certain that that Jesus is being completely literal here, but he might in telling them to, to sell what you have. Now, remember, he's talking to the disciples, which basically had nothing. They gave up their jobs. They gave up. They don't have a home. They, they gave up uh, pretty much everything that they had to follow him. And so he's going through this. Jesus is going through this. Tell him not to worry that, that, I, that, that uh, I will take care of you, that God will take care of you. And then he, he really pounds this point home by saying, now get rid of everything else you have left. Can you imagine? It's like, what? You know, what would they have left? You know, maybe a, maybe a coat, a blanket, a sword, I don't, I don't know, but not much. And now he's telling them, they, they probably thought they were doing a pretty good thing <clears throat> by following him and, and, um, and having very little. But still what they had, what little they had, they hung on to. They put their faith in it. They put their, their, their hope in it, um, in the little things that they had. If they had a sword, they would, they, they, maybe they, they put their hope in that is what's going to get them food. This blanket is what's going to keep me warm. And God just wants us to strip ourselves of everything that we have and say, you know what? I will trust in you for what I have. <clears throat> Jesus wanted them to understand here that there is no importance on earthly things. So don't waste your time in pursuit of earthly things. Don't waste your time in storing anything up. Don't waste your time worrying about the things of this earth. Because as it says here, that everything will be destroyed on this earth. The, the things of this earth will not last. The moths will get to it. The thieves will take it. Whatever the case may be, nothing will last. Not our health, not our house, not our not our our bank account, nothing will last. <clears throat> While I was studying for this message, I, I read somewhere, <clears throat> said that the crucial thing in life is not the amount of our treasure, but the location of it. Where is your treasure? Is it in heaven or is, or is it on earth? Are you trusting in God and taking him at his word? Or are you worrying about the daily problems that this life is promised to bring? We can take comfort here in these words that Jesus spoke to his disciples and put our trust and our faith and our hope in him. Concentrate our efforts on things that will last. The things that, that will last are in heaven. <clears throat> you guys, if you don't want to have a broken heart, then, then, then place your trust in him. Place your trust in the things that will never fail us. God never fails us. Sure, as we're in ministry, sometimes you know we might get stepped on, we might get hurt or whatever. But when we place our trust in him and our focus is in him and his things that he has for us, that they're going to last forever. That's where our treasure will be at. We'll, we'll, that's where our focus, if our focus is there, that's where our treasure will be. And, and that will we'll never get let down. But when we place our focus and our hope and our trust in the things of this earth, we'll always get let down. We'll always be heartbroken. And, and it, will, it will hurt because that's where, our, that's where our heart would be. Whatever we strive for, whatever we pursue in life, that's where your heart is. Your heart can't be in two places at once. And so... For your own sake, for your own health, for your own happiness, for your own joy, just place your trust and your hope in God and just put your, your, your faith in, in, in things that, that, that he has for you and you'll save yourself a lot of misery because we're promised that everything is going to come to an end on this earth. Everything. And sometimes it's going to, you know, for some of us, it's going to be, you know, sooner than later. Some of us, we're going we're gonna to continue to lose our homes. We're going to continue to lose jobs. We're going to continue to lose things of this, of this earth. Some of it aren't, aren't affected, but all of us, be assured that all of us will lose everything that we have here. Everything that we have here. <clears throat> 
my, my footnote on verse 31 says this. The materialistic world is like a group of passengers frantically scurrying to get the best desk chair on a sinking ship. And we look at that and we think, how stupid. Those people would be nuts. You know, that, those people are really dumb. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. But you know what? We can easily fall into that same trap. This earth is a sinking ship. And we don't want to be scurrying for the things of this earth or on this earth. <clears throat> These are very tough times, and some may say it, it, that it's going to get worse. Um, many people are losing everything they had, everything they built up, all the earthly gain. Some people had a lot, and some people had a little. And the people whose hope was placed in these things that are lost are absolutely devastated. The people who that's their hope was on the, these earthly things, they're completely devastated because they're gone. Some are committing suicide. Some are letting it get to their marriages. And others are just simply in a, in, a, in a huge state of depression, frantically trying to figure out what to do next, calculating their lives and see where can I go next? What is going to make sense? I don't have anything. How is this world going to change? It's really sad. It's very sad. And even some believers, many believers who are following Christ are going to have difficulty ahead in, in this time. And that too is sad. And not that we're just to say, wow, you know, big deal. You know, it's, it's tough. It is tough. But don't place your hope there. Don't place your, your trust there. And it, and it will affect you a, a lot less to your heart. <clears throat> we need to place our hope and our trust in him. When our focus is on him and things of his kingdom, the problems of this life become secondary. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, but to give you a future and a hope. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, I just, uh, again, thank you for this great day. It is such a great day to be able to learn from you. Every day is a great day, Lord, to be able to learn from you. Thank you, Father, that, that, you, can, that you can teach us things that were written so long ago and they're still so applicable to our lives. Thank you that your word remains true. Thank you, Father, that we can lean upon you, that we don't have to be sufficient. Father God, I, I know that there's a lot of needs out here. And Lord, if I had the time and the, if I knew everyone, I, I would be more than willing to pray for everyone, Father. And there's just a lot of hurts. And, and, and Lord, I pray that you would, you would touch these people, that you would touch all of us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Just as I have felt the last couple of days, Lord, you just need a, a heavy dosage of you and your love. Father God, I pray that we would just trust you, that we would just empty of ourselves and, and just realize that, 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 that we don't have all the answers and that we don't have all the abilities. And sometimes when we think we do, they can still get stripped from us, Lord. Help us to put our focus and our emphasis on you and the things of, of your kingdom. <clears throat> Father, I trust that, that you are here today and that you, that you spoke to everybody, Lord. And I pray, Father, that as we hear these words, that, that they just won't touch us for a short time, that they won't just touch us for, for, for today or, or even the week, Lord, but, but that we would really place these in, in our hearts and that we, would, that we would learn to follow this, that this would be true, Lord. And, Father, for those of, of us who may not have these earthly problems, Lord, I pray that for those people, Lord, that, that they would be able to minister and reach out to the people that are. Help us all to love you and seek you in your kingdom, Father, because we know this is the only thing that lasts. Thank you for what you've told us here. Thank you for what you've taught us today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for encouraging us. And thank you for caring for us. And most importantly, Lord, just thank you that, that it is your good pleasure for us to live with you for eternity. Thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.